my name is Karen A. Thomas, and I am a high impact coach. All righty. This is your host, Alan Costa, with the High Impact Coaches podcast. I'm super excited to introduce today's guest. Carrie Renee Thomas is a visibility coach and a short form video director. She's studied psychology for years and is quote unquote obsessed with people and why they do what they do. She helps people go from not knowing where to start with short form video and feeling overwhelmed with the idea of even doing it to getting it done, getting reels published consistently, and she has a really cool process for creating a month's worth of reels in just two hours. And she is also based in Denver, Colorado. So I'd like to welcome Carrie Renee Thomas. Hello, hello, hello. I'm super excited to be here. Alan, thanks so much for inviting me. I'm super excited. Thank you. Yeah, of course. I'm super excited to have you on as well, too. So tell me a little bit about the young Carrie Renee Thomas, you know, what was life like for you growing up and what were some, maybe even some struggles that maybe felt like? Yes. So I grew up in a very traditional family. Uh, My dad was a career military man. He was in the military for 26 years, committed sergeant major. My mom was a stay-at-home mom probably after like third grade. So I always was just used to her being at home. What's that? So no, no speaking out and cutting class at my house because my mom was at the house. Mm. But one of the things I always say is my life was a little different because I actually was adopted. So I, I found out that I was adopted when I was six and I was actually adopted at six months. And when I found out I was adopted, of course, I have an older brother and just like every older brother in the world, they always want to do stuff to hurt you and be mean to you because that's what right. they do. And clearly I did something to upset him one day and he went along to say that that's why I wasn't his real sister anyway. I remember my cousins being in the room and they're looking around like, you were not supposed to say that. That is a secret that you're supposed to tear grave and like you might get disowned and maybe like you might get sent away. So I remember running downstairs and telling my mom, like, mommy, daddy, Bam said I'm not his real sister anyway. And they gave me a look. They gave each other a look. And my parents, of course, very old school. They went to the roll top desk. Anybody who knows the roll top desk, that's where the important documents are. And they pulled out my adoption records and told me I was adopted. And there was not, nothing to them that made me feel different. But it was just like this, like switch that flipped inside of me that made me almost feel like I need to earn my spot because like they chose to have me like they like my brother was just like it was like he's here. But for me, it was a choice. And because I know like I felt like, well, if you have a choice, you can also like remake the choice. So I always felt like I needed to like earn my spot, earn my place in my family the moment that I found out I was adopted. And I always like to say is that kind of created the catalyst to the person who I am now because I can I became really obsessed with people and understanding how to make people like me, how to make sure that I was like the most well-liked person. And the easiest way to do that was to be able to understand how people thought, how people acted, what actions or reactions would people have if I did certain things. Mm. Yeah. Well, that's very interesting. So I'm curious to know a little bit about that, 
that feeling because, you know, in school growing up, we always talk about, we always make jokes about, you know, finding out you're adopted and things like that. How was that experience for you finding out? Well, how did that feel? Did that change anything about maybe the way that you felt as a child growing up? Do you feel like that maybe played a role in some of the future directions that you ended up taking later on becoming a coach? Say that, like, at first, it was like a shock because, like, it was always the second guessing of, like, well, you know, I have to earn my spot or my place. And then it became, like, well, I'm going to be the best at everything. So, like, my parents know that I made a good choice. But also, like, if I ever meet my birth parents, they'll realize all the things that they missed out on. So then I went down that path. So, like, I was pretty much, like, in every club and in part of everything, I had the best grades. Like I was in the top like 5% of my class in, in high school. Graduate did all the AP things and all of the things because I was like, when they see me, they'll be like, look at us missing out on all this amazing greatness. Right. So I know I used to believe that Condoleezza Rice was my birth mother. And I was like, so I knew would want me to be on it and be like, that's my daughter when she met me. Wow. That's that's amazing. Um, you know, it makes me think too of how some of the most successful people like Steve Jobs and I believe even Jeff Bezos as well was also adopted. They also felt like it had some impact in their motivation to become great. Yeah, for sure. Because it's like, it's almost like I'm going to be great in spite of. And like, and a lot of times, like I found myself like doing things and, and creating stuff just because. I was seeking a validation at the end, which is one of the things that I've learned, like as of going through therapy and, and mindset and things like that, is some of the bigger triggers for people that are adopted is the, is validation, and then even rejection. And like I was talking to my to a woman that I'm thinking about hiring as my therapist, and we were talking about just some of the issues that adopted like adoptees have, and especially becoming an entrepreneur. Because, like, even though I was adopted at six months, there still is, like, a very fundamental piece of me that was rejected at, a, like, a day one. Mm -hmm. So because, like, that rejection piece is there, what I found is that there's times that, like, in my business that I'll, like, those pieces will come up. And what she was saying is, like, as an entrepreneur that has been adopted, like, you're literally, like, putting yourself in, like, trigger zone. At all times, because as an entrepreneur, you have to learn how to be able to be okay with rejection. You have to learn how to be able to let go of people that don't serve you. But that also is one of the bigger, one of the biggest issues that adoptees have is attachment, rejection, and things like that. That's a lot of times ingrained in us because we were adopted. Right. Wow. Well, thank you for sharing. And I'm glad that you were able to, I love how self-aware you are and emotionally intelligent and you know i can tell that in, uh, in a way it worked out as a blessing for you yeah, for sure so tell us where did it all begin for you you know what was some of the events that inspired you to eventually get into online coaching and uh, eventually becoming a visibility coach and short form video director yeah i like to say and i, I was having a conversation with some people that are in um, one of my coaching programs yesterday. And I always tell them, I tell everybody, I'm like, 
if my dad wouldn't have passed away, I wouldn't be here. My dad passed away in March of 2019. And he was just always like just this amazing human being that connected with so many people, helped so many people. And I remember sitting at his funeral and listening to all of the stories that people had about my dad, about how like he took, because my dad was a, fi- a guy that loved fishing. So it was like, Paul Jr., Sergeant Major took me fishing. And like, we, he, we, I was having this problem that I couldn't figure out what was my next step. And like, in our fishing experience, like he, he, he pretty much changed the trajectory of my life. And it was like story over story over story over story over story with those same type of conversations. And I remember sitting there, one being like, I didn't know my dad was out here giving all this advice out to all these people, me him, me him to keep it at the house. And then the second one was, what if he had the resources and tools? How many more people kind of stood up at his funeral and talked about all the things that he could do, that he did for them? And then I realized, I was like, how many people out there that don't have the tools, don't have the resources, don't have someone pushing them to be able to put their self out there and shine their light? And what I found is there's a lot of people that hang out in their silos and hang out in their their own corners of the earth because like they've seen what marketers tell them to do and it doesn't align with them. It doesn't feel good. So they rather be like, you know what, I'm just going to hang out. Like the people who are meant to find me will find me, but they have this inkling that there's something more for them. And then it's like, they find me and they're like, oh my gosh, this is the girl. She understands me. She sees me. And I can be able to show in a way that actually is aligned with who I am as a person and be able to connect and attract my ideal. Love that. That's amazing. And, and so how did the, how did the direction of short form video come about? I mean, you were telling me a little bit earlier, but curious to know, how did that direction come about? And what was it that led you to kind of pivot in that direction? Yeah. So what I tell a lot of people is like, when we started our business, so I started my business July of 2019. They didn't take it seriously until I actually, after my 30th birthday, so October 25th, 2019, was in Dubai, came back, I was like, I'm going in. And I remember just really focusing on branding, premium branding, luxury branding, and things like that. And one of the things that has always been something that's been evident to me is people make excuses when they don't have the tools. There's always another reason why people don't do stuff, but if they don't have the tools or they don't have the resources, that's gonna be the easiest place where they're gonna go and say, this is why I can't show up. Mm. So like for us, when we first started, one of the things that we noticed is there was a lot of people that really hated their brand. They had a lot of brand shame. They didn't show up. And what they would say is, well, I'm not showing up because my my brand isn't good. Mm. My brand doesn't look good. So we're like, okay, if that's the reason why you're not showing up, let's fix your brand and now go show up. And they're like, oh, okay, I got to show up. And that's what we kept noticing. So one of the things that was really important for us was to make sure that everything that we did always was debunking any of the excuses that people made to not show up, to not be visible, to not put their stuff out there. Because we already know it's not a comfortable place for them to be naturally. So if we can remove all of those barriers, all those excuses of why you don't show up, only thing you can do is show up. Right. So if you're like, Oh my gosh, Carrie, my bread's not good. God, your bread's good. Okay, well, okay. Well, what do I don't know what to wear? Where am I going to record? Here's what to wear. Here's where you're going to record. I don't know what to say. Here's what you're going to say. 
But what if I get scared? I'm right here. And they're like, oh, okay, well, I got to show up now. So it's always just asking yourself, what can be the, like, if I know my why and the reason behind what I'm doing and why I'm doing it, which is to help people shine their light as bright as possible and be able to see the power of what happens when they do that. If I can make sure I remove every barrier from their life, from their, from their, their zone of visibility, I know that I'm staying within my purpose. Yeah. yeah I love that. I love and short for a video was one of the things like, feel like when we started branding was really big like how people look mm-hmm. the graphics and things like that but i feel like as but we still do branding for some of our like our one-on-one high ticket clients but what we've realized is that short for a video is a bigger problem for people because if they're not doing it regardless of how great their branding is no one sees them yeah totally makes sense you know that's one of the number one pieces of content today that's most consumed. So makes sense why that would be a problem for people. And I love how you created a system where you've squashed literally every possible objection, every possible excuse. So now the only option that's left is, well, now you got to do it. Yeah. So it's awesome. Now, I know you've seen tons of success and sure the journey, of course, doesn't stop here. So uh, what's, what do you believe is next for you, Journey? And what are you looking forward to? What's next in your, your mission, your vision, and overall long-term goals? Yeah, so I'll spend a large part of my career in, in business as an entrepreneur working more one-on-one, working like hand-in-hand with one person. But the more that we do like small group programs and things like that, I realized the impact that I could make on people's lives and, and how people do stuff. And like, I was just on a call with some of my clients and it was like seven of them. And they were like, Carrie, like, I look forward to this call because I know that like, I have that accountability. I have that piece. You're going to call me out. You're going to do these things. And that's exactly what I like. That's exactly what I want to do. So more group programs, more events, more opportunities just to be able to build a community. One of the things that I like to say is like, I want to build a community where people learn that shining can be easy. It doesn't have to be hard because I feel like we've made, like society has made putting your stuff out there, share your gift, share your message, such a very hard and complex thing. But I want to show people that shining actually can be easy and it can be fun. I love that. That's awesome. So now let's let's talk a little bit about your, your expertise and sort of your process for how you help people. Maybe some of your questions that people who want to get started with Reels would have for you. So, you know, how easy is it for the average listener to go from a beginner to consistently producing Reels? You know, what would you say to someone who doubts and maybe even wonders if that could happen? So one of the things that I always tell people is you learn how to walk. Like when you were a little baby, when you were so cute with the chubby cheeks and all the things, like you learned how to walk. And if you ask your mom, your mom will tell you that you fail, that there were some days where you were just like, pick me up. I don't want to go any further. But you kept going at it and you kept working it. And then now you run it, it you walk and you run it and it feels good. And that's the same thing when it comes to short form video. It's all about being able to get started 
have a plan and just execute your plan every day. And then the more you do it, the more it's going to get easier. That call that I was talking about yesterday, one of the things that they were asking is like, Carrie, can we see some of your old videos? And I was like, y'all did not want to see me. But I pulled them up and they were like, oh, like, I feel better. Like, if that's how you were in 2020, like, like, I, like, with me four years. And I'm way more ahead because I have you. Right. And I'm like, no, no, we, none of is going to have surfing. It was not good. But I kept going, kept pushing myself. I kept trying. And then every day, it just felt easier. It makes sense. Yeah, it's like something that you do, you get a little bit better at it each day. And before you know it, you don't even remember how you used to suck at it. Exactly. That's awesome. And so in your experience, why do you believe that most people struggle to even, you know, get it done or get it started? The typical person who's tried creating a reel before in the past and overthought the whole thing and you know, deleted their video and didn't even know what to say, what to start, what equipment to use. You know, what were what are some of the reasons why people struggle to even get started or get it done? And how can they avoid making those mistakes? I would say the biggest reason why people struggle with visibility, short form video, anything is because you have to step into a new energy source or what I like to call your main character energy. You have to become a main character. Like when you say, I'm going to get on video, you have to be a main character. You can't be understudy but like we feel like a lot of times as humans we naturally feel fine being the understudy like you like you know the script you know the lines you know the positions to go on but you don't want to play full out so you say you know what like this is just like this is a lot for me like i'm not ready to make that jump so i'm just not going to do it it's going to be it's too complicated. that so we make these other excuses of, I don't have the right equipment. I don't know what I should be saying on short form video. I don't know how to get started. I feel like Instagram is too complicated. All of these things start coming up as our excuse to knock down the fact that we just don't want to be a main character. Right. Because like being a main character, let's just think about it, like they have more responsibility than the understudies do. Like the understudy, they can call out. They can be like, hey, I'm not coming in today. They'll, and they'll be like, you're fine. She, our girl's here. Well, go free. Yeah. But if the main character says, hey, I'm not coming in today, what mm -hmm. happened? The movie, the show stopped. Yeah. Because that person has to be there. Mm -hmm. So it's like you have to be able to step into that main character and trust that your main character is enough. Because I feel like a lot of times, like, we look and we're like, well, I'm not like this person or I don't act like this person or, like, they have a way bigger personality than I do. So, like, I can't be that. Mm. But whatever your main character is, if it's a person that shows up consistently, that comes into their space with authenticity, which is coming from a place of service and gratitude, that's all that you, that we're at that people are asking for. They're not asking you to jump through hoops. The people that they are going to jump through hoops, they're going to jump through them. Let them jump. But you don't have to be that person. Right. 
And how could someone start tapping into their main character? What would you say are some first steps or maybe even some things looking back that you would do uh, a shortcut for someone to start stepping into their main character quickly and powerfully? So I would say the easiest way to step into your main character energy is to attach yourself to your why. Figure out what are your tethers that you need to create that are going to push you outside of your comfort zone when you don't want to go. Like, I like to leverage people as my tethers. So like when I want to do something or I know that I want to go hard, I want to I want to make as many grand announcements as possible. So somebody will call me out if I slip. And like, I have enough people that are very vocal. So they'll call me out publicly. Hey, have y'all seen Karen Renee? We haven't seen her. She's been a little quiet on the socials. Hey, I'm here. Yeah. Because I, I, like, so as you're asking yourself, like, how can I, like, create those external, mm. like, tethers before you create internal tethers? Because one thing that really sucks, and, like, I'll just be honest, we lie to ourselves yeah. so much. Right. Like, I have so many people that be like, Carrie, I'm going to make this commitment to myself. I was like, I don't trust your commitment. Yeah. Make a commitment to your grandmother. Make a commitment to your, to your son or your daughter. Right. Make a commitment to them because you'll, you'll remember that commitment. But your commitment, you'll let fly. Like, how many things, like, I get on myself every day. Create a to do. I do create a weekly to do list because I know myself. I've learned myself. Mm. But I'll create a to do list sometimes for a whole day, and I know I'm not about to get it done. Creating these are all things I'm gonna do today. Mm. No, I'm not. So it's that thing of like we just naturally like lie to ourselves and we set these these unrealistic expectations because we feel like a lot of times that's what we should be doing. But if we're actually honest with ourselves and we actually Listen to ourselves. Be like, hey, like this is what this is all that we're gonna do today, and we and we are and we know that, and we let everybody know this is all we're gonna do. Then you can start taking those internal validation points and say, yes, I can start harnessing my own main character energy. But until you like, until you know that you can be completely honest with yourself at all times, and like you're not lying, like. Find external validations, find other people outside of you that you can use as those tethers to hold you accountable for the intentions and actions that you make and you set. I love that. You know, it makes me think of something I heard a couple of years ago about how we're in a way, it's easy for us to do something for someone else. Like, let's say, you know, we you have a client, you, a client has a question, you have a, a commitment that you made to the client or promise you made to the client. We'll work hard, get that thing done. But we start setting goals for ourselves, our own business. All of a sudden, we don't give that the same attention and energy. And so in a way, we're sort of created to serve other people. And that's a I love that hack that you shared where if you can attach your own personal wise to another person, you can kind of leverage your own psychology to work in your favor. So that Exactly. Way. Like it, it goes back down to like resolutions. Like one of my one of my really good friends, she showed me her vision board, and it was a beautiful vision board. And she had Prada, Fenty, like all of these places that she wanted to be able to buy things from. And I looked at it, and I was like, "This is amazing, and I'm super excited for you." 
but like, is this your 2024 vision? And she was like, yeah. And I'm like, what do you have in place to even make this possible? Like this, is this like realistic for you right now? Because I don't like, there's nothing new that you're adding to your stuff. And she was like, well, like, I don't, cause like, she's still, she's a nine to fiver. She's like, I make 50 K. I'm like, okay, you make 50 K. Is there like, so you want to do buy Prada bags and Balenciaga's and stuff like that might not make sense. Yeah. So like, is there a stream of income that you're going to create to make that possible? And she's like, oh, I didn't think about it that way. I'm like, so you're lying to yourself. And like, I was like, I would create a new, a more realistic vision board for yourself for 2024 because this one is just a lot. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's another thing too. Having a an actual plan that what's within your capacity. Yeah, like my one of the things my uh, my again I tell everybody my dad was in the military for 26 years. And one of the things that my dad used to always say is piss for planning is piss for performance. Like I learned that at six years old. Like I like I was, I think I was trying to do a lemonade stand and I clearly didn't have a plan of action. And he was like, and I just like woke up. I was like, we're doing lemonade. And like I made lemonade. I did all this stuff and I like sat in the cul-de-sac. And he was like, How did it go today? And I was like, nobody bought. He was like, because you didn't have a plan. He was like, You didn't, you didn't announce it to anybody. Like it's a like your your key people were out of the, out of on vacation. Mm. Like this is the why you got the performance that you got. Yeah. And I'm like, hmm. oh. and by the Cheryl, you're like, that yeah. Why do you? He's like, no, it's worth planning. First catch a share move. Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. Your first business coach. Right now. Yeah. <laughs> that's cool. So, you know, back when you were going through your journey, I'm assuming that there was some fears that you probably had to overcome and face before you could really start stepping into creating short form videos on your own. And so if you had a time machine and you can go back and reassure yourself and tell yourself of your three biggest fears, what would you tell yourself? I tell myself, my, like, what were my three biggest fears during that time? Yeah, what would you, what were your three biggest fears and what would you tell yourself to sort of ally those fears? The one of the, it's funny because I was having a conversation with one of our, one of my friends and I was telling them, I was like, I feel like if I go back and look at everything that's happened in my, like in my business, all of our, all of our failures, all of our not hitting, like not hitting the goalposts, like it's very much a Taylor Swift moment. And it's like, I'm the problem, the problem is me. And one of the things that I realized is that I was just like, well, a lot of people was living my life as an understudy. Like I was in my business as an understudy and like I would, I would harness the main character energy when necessary to do certain things, but I had never fully stepped into it. I never fully stepped into like being the main character of my life, being the main character of my business. And I would find myself defaulting to other people because I was the understudy. Like I like took the understudy role. So I'm like, oh, well, they're more accomplished. So let me just listen to what they say rather than asking myself, hey, like, what are the lines that actually are going to, like, how should I say these lines? What are the lines that actually are going to feel good to me rather than saying, hey, I'm going to say the lines like they say. Yeah. So I would say like, not 
the defaulting, like don't default, like trust yourself, believe in yourself that everything, and it's funny because my dad used to always say this, like everything you need to be successful is literally already inside of Like all of the tools or resources. Yeah, there's some tactics that you can learn, but like, but success is really within yourself. Right. Like the determination that you set for yourself, the consistency, the consistency that you create, like all of that is stuff that you can do and you can hold yourself account- like accountable to and realize that you are you are the person that is in the deciding factor of how successful you are. Right. So, I, and I think like my advice to myself would be like, if you know that you're the deciding factor, mm. do the stuff that you know that you need to do in spite of and figure out how to walk, get through stuff, even when things feel uncomfortable. Right. I love that in spite of peace, because I think that's an excuse that a lot of people have is, okay, I want to do this thing, but, you know, it's scary. We don't want to admit it. So we come up with an excuse or, or feel like doing it, or I'd rather do this other thing. But that in spite of peace is, is really important. So I'm glad you shared. Yeah. I was talking, I was talking to one of my really good friends cause she's about to start a business. And one of the things we were talking about, cause she was supposed to, she, she has it. So if you see this, you better have her Facebook, Instagram, I'm trying this podcast comes out. So but one of the things that like we were talking about is like she calls me and she's like, she's like, oh my gosh, like I know that I was supposed to like set up my Instagram and my Facebook like the first week of the month, but like oh, my, there was so much stuff that was happening. Work was crazy, and I'm like, it's crazy. And I, I literally mess. I literally like, it's crazy how we can spend so much talk, talk, so much time talking about all the reasons why we couldn't do something rather than finding the time that we could. Huh. And she was like. All right, go back here. <laughs> yeah. So no excuses now. All right. It's done. Yeah, just call it out point blank. So easy. Like it's so easy to talk about why something happened. Like, oh, like work was crazy. Oh, I wasn't feeling well. Oh, my computer crashed. Oh, like, yes, life happens. And I think like that's the thing. Like life always is happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, if we spend our life being reactive to life, right, we're never going to go where we need to go. Right. That's right. We're not living life. Life's living us. Exactly. Yeah. And like, but if there was something else that we needed to do, like maybe going to get our hair cut or going to like do something that we want to do, we find time for that. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. That's a, a lot of great points there. So, you know, in, in almost every industry, there's myths and cliches spouted by so-called experts, right? And a lot of these cliches can sometimes be pretty hurtful advice. So in your industry, in your niche, what are some lies that you've heard others tell to that has been harmful to people that who might be listening to this right now? that maybe even you believed at one point in time that you later found out was a lie and was harmful? I would say like one of the biggest things, especially within like the visibility space is people, the just do it mentality. Like I feel like visibility, like I feel like when it comes to visibility, 
you have to realize that it's not it's not a comfortable thing. And I feel like a lot of people that are in the space make it feel like it's something that can just happen easily, that you can just turn your switch on. And that's why I talk so much about main character energy and figuring out how to create your tethers and things like that, because it's not. And the reason why it's not is because it goes directly against human innate needs for safety and protection. So as a human, we need to feel safe. We need to feel protected. When you say, I'm going to go on social media, I'm going to go on an email, I'm going to go on a podcast, and I'm going to share my story, you're, you're literally putting yourself out to be not safe and not protected. You don't know what troll or what person could come out and to screw your words or change the way that the how it was intended to be. Mm-hmm. So it's not safe. So for someone to say that you just need to show up, put yourself out there, like let your freak flag fly, I feel like it's like it's a disservice for people because I feel like once, like for me, what I tell people is once you understand what are your fears and that you have fears around visibility, it's easy to be able to treat them. But if you never know that it's okay to be scared, because I feel like most people make people feel scared, like shameful that they're yeah. scared to show up. Right. They're scared to hit the, the record button or they're scared to do videos. Right. I feel like that's, that's where it hurt and that's where trauma and pain can come in because like it's okay for it to feel that way. Yeah, definitely. Wow. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because I think that's something that's common sometimes with with uh, maybe even younger people who don't have experience with psychology and our internal struggles and why we even have the fears that we do and and that just kind of just do it mentality and then shaming you for not doing it pretty toxic and I've heard a lot of a lot of people that just had a hard time getting over that and were scared to hire help and get help from someone who would take that into consideration and would help them work through that. So that way now there's no longer that barrier posting time consistently. Yeah, because one of the things that I tell people is like, and I tell my clients this all the time and they always think it's hilarious. But what I tell them is that I'm never going to throw you in the sun. Like I'm never going to throw you in the sun. I will forcibly toss you into the shade. And there's going to be a day that comes and you're going to be like, you know what? The shade is a little cold. And you're going to walk yourself into the side. And like, I tell people that because like, it is harmful to throw somebody who's scared of visibility into the side. But if you put them into the shade, if you put them into the safe place where, you know, they can see the sun, but you know, it's a little cool or not, and the, sun, the rays aren't hitting you. Mm-hmm. It gives you the, it gives you the confidence and the belief that you can do it. It shows you like, I can test the waters out here. And then when, once I feel comfortable, it's like almost like when you get in a pool that first time. Like you get in, you go, oh. Yeah. And then you wait. You, 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 you got to get acclimated in the space. And you're like, okay, I'm going to go down a little bit more. And you're like, oh, not yet. Yeah. Let me acclimate a little bit more. And that's exactly what visibility is like. You have to figure out, I like to say, what your safety and protection thresholds are. Mm-hmm. And then as you find those thresholds and those pieces, you can be able to dive deeper in visibility. And then once you realize you know what? I'm comfortable here. Feel good. I'm happy how, the way that I'm sharing. You'll go out yourself and you'll be like, Kiri, mm-hmm. I'm about to pitch myself to speak places. I'm doing a, I'm doing a workshop. I, I just recorded 70 videos. 
I'm writing a book. You start doing all this visibility stuff that you never thought was possible until you realize that you could, that you made the choice to do it. I didn't make it. You made it. Right. I love that. I love that. Like take a little step at a time, one step at a time approach as opposed to, all right, we're just going to throw you off in the deep end. And yeah, it's like, comp I like to say it's like, comp it's almost like, I call it compound action, mm -hmm. but it's almost like where they do like the daily compound interest. Right. Like, it's that every day, like, it's not one plus one. It's like now, like now you're at two, now you're at four, now you're at eight, now you're at 16. Like, it's that compound action every day that's creating it to where you're getting it to 100% a whole lot quicker. I love that. That's amazing. And so, okay, so now for the big question, I'm sure a lot of people are, are really interested to hear about. So if you were to coach someone going from you know, not knowing where to start with short form video, feeling overwhelmed with the idea of starting it to consistently producing reels, what would you say are the three to five milestones that you would take them to get there? So the first thing that I would say is that you want to be able to understand what is your purpose. Like, why are you deciding to create content? Is it that you want brand awareness? You want to be able to be more searchable or recognizable? Are you looking to make direct conversions for social media? Are you trying to build connections or relationships? What is the purpose? Mm. I feel like a lot of times people forget why they're creating content. And then that's where, where it's just like quantity and not the quality. So if you align yourself with the purpose of why you're actually doing it, this is where the plan starts coming into play. Then once you have a plan, you have to, you're like, okay, I have my purpose. Then you ask yourself, what is the type of content that I need to create that educates people on my intellectual property or how I do stuff, but also make sure my people that I'm trying to serve feel, feel seen, heard, and understood. Mm. Because what I, one of the things that I, I feel like a hard one, I feel like it's my soapbox that I like to sit very pretty on, is the world of no like and trust is over. Mm -hmm. Like pe like people are way too, are are selfish now. Yeah. Like people aren't coming on social media and being like, oh my gosh, I love Carrie. People are coming on social media and be like, what can Carrie do for me? Yeah. How can Carrie help? Yeah. And be like, she's cute. But like she's cute. Like she's cute. I like her orange glasses, great things, all the things, great outfits. But like, what can she do? Yeah. And like, that's the piece. So like, how can you create content to make sure your people feel seen, heard, and understood in what you put out? How are you, like, one of the things that I like to say is like, I feel like I know my people. So when I say certain things, like I'm literally, I made, like, we have a workshop today when I sent an email and I was like, hey, my last minute lovely, just know today, today, like it, it's tomorrow, like go ahead and do the thing. I woke up to seven sales of the workshop because I know that my people are last minute lovely. Yeah. So like, they're like, oh, wait, all right, let me go ahead and get in there. Yeah. Because I posted a week ago, yes. Were they ready? No. Why? Because they're last minute lovely. Literally already had two sales come in just right now while we were talking because that's just who they are. So if I'm creating content and I'm talking about the things, they're like, how she, let me go ahead and do this. So clearly she know who I am. Like, so it's just being able to create stuff where they feel they feel like you see them, you understand it, and that you hear the things that that they're feeling. Mm. Yeah. Then from there, I like to say 
you want to be able, I like to say preparation is bring confidence. So when you be when you're able to create a space where you can create content every time, it makes creating content easier. Mm-hmm. It's almost like when you're traveling and you have to zoom, like it just doesn't feel good. Like you're trying to get the lighting right. You're trying to get all it because it's not your natural place. But if you go into your office, you're like, oh, this is where I zoom every day. Like I'm in here. Same thing when it comes to your creating your short form videos. What is the space that you create that's going to always be your spot? So you're not worried about it. You're not getting caught into the details. Right. What are the colors that you're going to wear on camera? Is that actually going to have you pop on the screen that are going to make sure that people stop that scroll? Right. And then when it comes to your content day, are you affirming yourself and knowing that you're the main character of the show? Like not worrying about your scripts, scripts and prompt, teleprompters and things like that. Knowing that if your client came to you today and asked you, hey, I'm working on, I'm working on like my sales page. Like I need to, like, what would be like, how, like, how do you craft headlines? You would be able to tell them the whole plethora of things. But for some reason, when we get in front of a short form video, we forget that we're an expert at what we do. So then we start, we start complicating it and we make it, and we just make it not feel like who we are. So being able to take that away and be like, you know, what's the question that my person actually has? And let me just answer that the way I would answer it to anybody else. That's how you want to do it. But it's all about being able to create a plan, being able to know your purpose, create that content that your people need to hear, be able to have that space, know the right outfits, and know that when you get in front of the camera, you are the expert, you are the secret sauce of your business. And the moment that you step into that, like opportunities are limitless. Wow, that's awesome. Uh, two things that stand out for me there is uh, just a piece about setting up your environment for you to win. As we all know that your environment has a big part to do with your success, the actions you take. And the piece too is, you know, there's a, a concept, you know, you love psychology, so you're probably aware of commitment and consistency. So just if you ask someone to do a really big thing, if you go and say, Hey, you know, buy my $10,000 thing, it's, it's a, that's a big ask, but it's all these small little asks that will get them to that $10,000 thing. In the same way, recording a reel for someone might seem like this huge thing to do if they haven't done it before, but if there's all these little things, okay, I got my outfit set up. Okay. I reassured myself now. The la- now they're already almost there and the last thing to do that seems like a big step is just now the tiny little thing to do you just click the button yeah exactly and then the the second part too that that stood out as well is the reassuring yourself that you're an expert because i believe that everyone who was truly an expert has at least had some sort of imposter syndrome at some point yeah, for sure. And one of the things I tell people, like, when it comes to creating content, there's really only two things you need, plan and be an expert. Mm-hmm. Like, I always tell all of us, I was like, you already got the expert down. You just need a plan. Right. Like, it's different if you're a newbie and you're like, okay, I got to create content. I really don't know this subject. So I got to research the subject. I got to figure out what, like, that's, but if you are an expert at what you do and you know you are, you know if a client comes to you and asks you a question 
you can just like go free flow everything that they need and they'd be like yep that's why i hired him he's a star like if you take that same energy and put that into your content you win Mm -hmm. yeah exactly exactly and i love that part about answering the way that what you said earlier answering the way that you would normally answer it you know being authentic and overthinking the whole thing of how you're saying it yeah because i tell people like i know what like i'm an expert at what i do so if somebody comes to me and they say hey carrie like can you can you do a podcast can you speak can you do this thing i know that i can do it and i know and i can do it in different points like realistically like this this podcast could have been probably like a hundred plus video because we just broke that because like really what it is is just breaking that like breaking your videos down into one point yeah exactly what we had as a conversation but those conversations were a plethora of different points that i could that i made on different things and how can you soundbite it into that 30 to 55 seconds that is powerful and concise and it speaks to someone well yeah that's kind of how you break it down into the smaller pieces of content huh? mm-hmm. yeah that's awesome and so do you have any examples of people that you're proud of, maybe some success stories of people you work with that you're proud of, of, of sharing that maybe, you know, might inspire someone, maybe someone who started off overwhelmed and struggling to create reels and now they're just totally killing it in this space? Yeah. So like we have one of our clients, his name is Belden. He's like in this, like he's in this late 60s. Literally, he was like, I can't do short form video, not for me. Like literally like revolted for like months and I was like just do it and his fourth video did over 500,000 views and he was like okay maybe maybe there's something to this mm-hmm. and then he's a he's a biochemist and he was like Carrie like I don't I feel like I'm too smart and I'm like let's lean into it so literally what we did is like he would go to stores and like read ingredients that actually tell people what was in the green and what foods to stay away from because of the ingredient the, the ingredients labels. Like he did one about mayo. I think it did like literally 7 million views because like there's an ingredient in mayo that actually can cause cancer. And most people are like, wait, what? I've been eating mayo all forever. I'm like, well, there you go. Wow. Huh. But he was able to figure out, okay, what's something that is natural to me that feels good that I'm not going to become somebody else. And what is something that also is going to be, is going to speak to my person when my person wants to be more healthy. My person wants to do these things, but they can't figure it out. And when it comes to the, like shopping, it just comes overwhelming. Okay, check out my page and I'm going to actually show you what not to get in. Here's why. So when we're in Whole Foods and we're looking at the place where the healthy people go, great some great options but these are some options that you might want to stay away from yeah same thing with like one of our clients her name is to Havlin, or her thing is sacred bot she ran for videos for over a year like three years and then for her like she realized that if she could commute she's she's a raw vegan chef but if she could communicate to people how to be able to transition and meet somebody where they are being a a, a, a traditional american diet be able to move to a plant-based diet she could create a nice happy place for people and that's exactly what she did within her content 
But she showed people that one, if you slipped off the wagon, it's not the end of the world because most people who do transitions make you feel like you're a horrible person if you decide if the bacon was calling your name. But like she actually gives you grace and tells you, okay, if you know bacon is one of your things, let's maybe try beef, let's try this type of food because you'll feel like you're still eating bacon. But if you slip, it's okay. Let's yeah. start over. Nice. I love that. Amazing stories. And yeah. so if someone wanted to work with you, what would be the best place that they could find you or, you know, hear about what you go with? I know you have a course called the Ready, Set, Go, and you're doing a, a workshop as well called Talking Shorts. What are Yeah, so um, we run, so we do a lot of stuff. I, I love being around people. So what I found is the more things I can do to be around people works for me. Each club. So we do a bi-weekly workshop that we call How to Create 73 Reels in Two Hours. It's a free workshop. We have a two-day workshop that uh, that you were just talking about, which is like talking shorts. So we do it once a month. And in that workshop, we actually told, show you how to get started with short from video and how to be able to create condensed content. Because I think that's one of the biggest things that people struggle with is I don't know how to talk in short form video. I'm a long-winded person. I can do YouTube like the best of them, but you talking about a 45 seconds, not me, can't happen. And then our course, our program, is a four-week program called Ready, Set, Glow. And that is actually where we walk you through the process of being able to implement a content plan and content strategy into your business so you can create consistent short form videos every time you want. Nice. And is there a URL that they could go to or maybe just find you on Instagram? Yeah. Find me on Instagram, Sean with Carrie underscore. All of my links are there. And if you have questions, if you just want to chit chat, want to talk about whatever, come hang out with me and we'll have it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Carrie. And uh, do you have any final words of encouragement for our listeners today? I would just say my last word of encouragement is just shine bright. Awesome. Well, well, thank you so much for your insights and for sharing your story. And for those of you who are listening today, go ahead and give Carrie a, a follow as well. Let her know what your thoughts were on the interview. And until next time, guys. Mm -hmm.